الحمد لله وكفاه وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأتم الحج والعمرة لله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المصلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم In the last gathering we um, spoke kind of continuing our um, series of, of talks pertaining to the blessings associated with and the benefit that can be derived from the sacred spaces that Allah Ta'ala has assigned in particular Makkah uh, Mukarramah and Medina Munawwara the Haramain uh, and last week in particular, we talked about how these spaces are a source of purity for us, or a source by which we can become purified, let's say. Uh, because anyone that enters into that space, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed it in such a way that it's like this perfect wash cycle for the believer, where they can come out as a newborn child, where they can do certain circuits around the Kaaba and they will be forgiven of their mistakes and their sins, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and today I wanted to sort of continue that uh, and allow us, to, or let us think about it from a different perspective. Right? One is that I am going to that sacred space because I want to achieve or seek purity. Uh, meaning I've done something wrong and I want to rectify the situation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is valid. The second is, or a different way to look, about, look at it is that I am so uh, in love with my Lord. I'm so in love with my Lord that I want to visit his home. Meaning that the people that visit the Haramain, be it for Hajj or for Umrah, the people that visit this space are doing so, or should be doing so, out of an intense love for Allah Ta'ala. Right? It's a journey of love, essentially. It's a journey of love. Now, this is manifested in, in, in many ways, you know, and the, one of the principal ways it's manifested is, you know, if you think of any other scenario where someone's very deeply or passionately in love with another person, they often do things uh, to, to express, you can say, that love. They'll act in, with certain behaviors that one will only do when they're absolutely, in, uh, when they're absolutely infatuated with that being. Okay, so for instance, when it comes to, you know, you, that person may uh, continue to follow them. That person may do whatever they can to uh, communicate with them. That person, when they have a deep love, right, or they they're, they're feel like there's a deep love with that person, they'll try to visit their home, they'll try to follow them, they'll try to do, communicate with them, X, Y, and Z. Now when you look at people that visit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Haramain, this is manifested in many different ways. The first one way, for instance, is the first step. You know, if a person decides that they want to visit the house of Allah Ta'ala, they are now obligated to enter into a state of what's called ihram. A state of ihram. Now what happens in a state of ihram is that a person who, uh, uh, who is now enters into the state where those things that are usually permissible now become impermissible. Those things that are usually considered to be allowed or acceptable are now are no longer considered acceptable. So for instance, a person enters into a state of ihram, again, with the sole intention that I want to enter into the sacred space and visit my Lord, right? What do I have to do? I have to adorn two pieces of clothing, 
right? How is that a manifestation of love? Well, Allah Ta'ala is making it clear to us, and we're making it clear to Allah, that Ya Allah, we have no desire to please any other being whatsoever. If two pieces of white cloth are what appeal to you, or what uh, you know attracts your attention, right, and attracts your love, then that's exactly what I'm going to wear, irrespective of, of, of what people are adorning at that time, right? Uh, or adorning themselves at that time. You know, I may sm- smell bad, but now that I've entered into the state of ihram, I'm now no longer allowed to apply fragrance to my body. Now, fragrance is a source of, of, of developing a relationship and love with other people. But ihram is a state where the rest of the world must disappear. The rest of the world must completely disappear. And the desire to love any part of the world must disappear. And at that moment, I'm telling Allah Ta'ala that my journey has now begun. The journey that I have in which I'm, de- I'm, I'm demonstrating to you, Ya Allah, that my love for you is, uh, is more intense than my love for any other thing or any other being. So now I'm going to wear whatever you tell me to wear. I'm, going to, uh, 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 I'm not going to apply any fragrance simply because that's what's pleasing to you at this moment. You know, my nails may be long, my hair may be disheveled, but it doesn't matter. This is a journey, this is a state in which I'm demonstrating to Allah Ta'ala that you are more important to me than anyone else. I have a deep love for you. I have a deep love for you and everything else in the world comes secondary. Everything else in the world comes secondary. Right? And then I begin in the state of ihram. I begin the state of ihram by making a statement. Right? Labbaik Allahumma labbaik. Right? Labbaik Allahumma labbaik. That I am here for you, Ya Rab. I am here for you and you alone. There's no other being, no other person, no other society. Uh, n- nothing that I love more than you. So the state of ihram in and of itself is a bizarre form of... Uh, of, of demonstrating to Allah Ta'ala that we love Him. When I say bizarre, I don't mean it's bizarre in and of it. Uh, the actions within you may think, but why would I not be able to wear regular clothing? If I'm if I, if I, if I, um, sweating, or if I smell, um, why isn't it that I cannot apply fragrance? These things are generally encouraged. It's purely because we're demonstrating to Allah Ta'ala that we love Him and everyone else comes secondary. So it begins with the state of Ihram, right? That's one unusual way, you know, the, the, or let's say an extreme measure that the believer goes to to demonstrate their love to Allah Ta'ala. And then when a person actually enters into, for instance, uh, into, into Mecca Mukarramah, be it for Hajj or for Umrah, usually for Umrah initially, and they begin to, you know, circumambulate or, or, or do circuits around the Kaaba seven times, right? I mean, think about it. You know, what, what, uh, what exactly is that? You know, why would I just randomly walk around a house, you know, just in circles over and over and over again. And if you think about it deeply, when someone's really deeply and passionately has a, has a love for someone or is in love with someone, that's exactly what they'll do. Their whole, um, you can say, their whole life, their thoughts, their mind, their, um, their emotions, everything just goes around that person continuously. They're thinking about that person. They're wandering around the city of that person. They're following that person online. They're doing all these things, you know, just in the circular motion around the individual, both figuratively and literally. The tawaf is that manifestation as well. The Ya Allah, I am, you, you matter to me more than anyone else, right? I am here for you and you alone. I'm here to show you how much I love you. And I'm just going to, you know, roam around this house of yours multiple times to demonstrate that love. It's a manifestation of love when you, when you revolve around something. You know, when you revolve around something, right? There's like an affinity and an attraction. And this is just revolution that's occurring. 
you know, and then, you know, for, there's, and, and there's just so many examples through the journey in which we manifest our love. You know, there is the Hajr al-Aswad, which is the black stone, which is a stone that's sitting on the corner of the Kaaba, right? And this is the stone that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if we study Sirah, this is a stone that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam actually placed on top of the Kaaba. This is a stone from Jannah, um, or it's a special stone, let's say. And the Prophet and so we know that part of visiting the Haram is to make an effort to kiss the stone, right? As an expression of our love to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And in fact, the Prophet ﷺ said in one hadith that the, the, the black stone, يَمِينُ fil ard. It's like the right hand of Allah Ta'ala on this earth. No, it's not literally, but it's like the right hand of Allah Ta'ala on this earth. So when we are interacting, for instance, with the black stone, it's as if we're interacting with Allah Ta'ala, like handshaking or for kissing. You know, this is an expression, this is, a, this is the, our form of communication to Allah Ta'ala, the Ya Allah, we love you. Yeah, yeah, Allah, we love you. You know, and then eventually you reach a point where you want to drink zamzam, right? This is a part of, of the journey, right? And that's a circumstance in which Allah Ta'ala is now, you know, offering His guest, right? Offering His guest a drink, and now we're partaking of that, right? I mean, it's just beautiful. And it continues and it continues and it continues. You know, the point being that not only is this sort of a journey or this sort of a space, a place or a space in which we go to purify ourselves from our mistakes and our sins, but really what it is, right? Really what it is, especially if, if someone frequents it, it's an opportunity for me to express or demonstrate my love to Allah Ta'ala. It's an opportunity for me to demonstrate my love to Allah Ta'ala. And that's even more powerful than the other. It's even more powerful. Now, there's many ways we express love through Allah, through Salah, through fasting, through Zakat, etc. But one in which we're fully involved and immersed, and one in which we do things that would otherwise not make sense, this all occurs in the journey to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, just to show, you know, it's not just us showing Allah ta'ala that we love Him, but there's also this you know, reciprocation that occurs as well. We know that when a person visits the house of Allah, if we think, when a person visits the house of Allah Ta'ala, it only happens if Allah Ta'ala wishes that that, not, I shouldn't use the word wishes, but if Allah Ta'ala desires that person visit his house. Look, if we apply our, the example of our own homes, for the most part, 99% of the people that enter into our home are only entering into our home because we want them to be there. Right? Otherwise, they have to break in. We don't let people into our home unless we desire that they be in our house. You know, someone who's coming for dinner, over for dinner, or for a cup of tea, or someone who's coming over for some other reason, right? Just to interact and socialize with us. These are people that we like. If we don't like them, or if we don't love them, we're not going to let them in our house. We have, you know, we have full control over, over who enters in and out of our home. We have full control over that. And in fact, we go to such extreme measures to prevent people that we don't like that we lock all of our doors. Not only do we lock them, but we have alarm systems to prevent people that we don't like from entering into our house. And people that visit the Haramain, these are people that Allah Ta'ala has invited to into the house. No one can enter into the sacred spaces without the permission and without the invitation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Meaning, meaning, that it's a sign also of Allah Ta'ala's love. Now there's many signs of Allah's love, but one sign of love that Allah Ta'ala has for the believer is that he invites him or her into his home. It's a great sign. It's a great sign, right? So, so this love is manifested, you know, not only through uh, us manifesting it to Allah Ta'ala, but, but Allah Ta'ala reciprocates it as well, right? And that initial invitation that even comes is, is through this. You know, one example that comes to mind, 
the Prophet ﷺ was deeply in love with Allah Ta'ala, was deeply in love with Allah Ta'ala, especially when he was performing the Hajj and Umrah. You know, in one, after Tawaf, in his, of, of, of either Ziyarah or Wida, I can't remember, of Hajj, the Prophet ﷺ went to this very special space around the Kaaba, between the door of the Kaaba and the black stone. It's called the Multazm. And the Prophet ﷺ went there, the Sahaba were watching him, and he went and he placed his hands uh, on, the, on, that, on the stone of the Kaaba, he put his chest against it, and he put his, his cheek against it. And he was just crying and crying and crying, almost as if he was hugging the Kaaba. And this was, like, again, his, man, his, his showing us how we demonstrate our love to Allah Ta'ala while we're there. Almost, he was hugging the Kaaba. And it was such a deep you know, interaction that he had that tears were flowing down his face. And Umar anhu was there watching him. He was, he was observing him. The Prophet ﷺ turned around and he looked at Umar and he said, Umar, he said, this is that space uh, where, where, where tears flow. This is that place where tears flow. So, um, you know, there's just so many, so many examples of this. You know, one final example I'll give. Uh, you know, for instance, we look at the Sa'i. When a person walks back and forth between two, two hills or two mountains. Now think about it. You know, why are we doing that? Right? We're doing that because there was a believer, Hajar alayhi salam, who in search of water was scrambling between Safa and Marwa. Now, that action, as mundane as it may seem, I mean, which mother wouldn't actually scramble to find water for her thirsty son? Like, which mother wouldn't do that? But that action was so beloved to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala said, okay, this action, as mundane as you may think it is, when you come and visit my house, you have to walk in these exact steps as well. Right? This is Allah Ta'ala, again, a, a manifestation of Allah Ta'ala's love for her, right? and an and, and, and opportunity for us to demonstrate our love to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala as well. So just to summarize things then, uh, that the, the, the sacred spaces that Allah Ta'ala has designed, they do purify us. They're, they're, they're an opportunity for us to reset ourselves. But really, you know, for the believer who's seeking Allah Ta'ala, really seeking Allah Ta'ala, this is an opportunity for the beloved to express their love to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. For, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the lover to express their love to the beloved, I should say. This is just, and every action is just, Ya Allah, I'm here, I'm here for you, I'm doing this for you, I love you, I don't care about anything else in the world, I don't want anyone's attention, any human being, any, anyone's attention, except your attention, and I'm going to go through all these motions just to express my love for you, my sacrifices, the money I spend, the travel I perform, the hunger that I endure, the, the, difficult, the physical difficulties that I endure, this is just because I am so deeply in love with you, Ya Allah. So this is why, you know, the, the, the ulama mentioned that for any person who's visiting the haramain, that they should all, you know, when you go to someone's house, what do we do, right? We don't take our, um, we don't take our trash. When someone invites us over for dinner, for instance, we don't, you know, load up the trash from our house, empty up all the trash cans, load it into our car, go there, visit them and enter into the house with trash, with, uh, with trash. We don't do that. You know, when someone, uh, or, or filth, you know, we normally will, will adorn ourselves, we'll look good, we'll smell good, and then we'll enter into, the, we'll, we'll enter into uh, that person's house. Similarly, when a person's visiting the, ha- the house of Allah Ta'ala, or visiting the house of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we can say, you know, rather than thinking, I'm going to take loads and loads of filth, although 
you know, we can technically do that. What we're doing is we're, the ulama mentioned that we should take some sort of gift with us, some sort of offering. In the same way we would give a gift to a friend, in the same when we visit the Haramain, that we prepare in some way. That, Ya Allah, I've recited this much Quran and now I'm here presenting it to you, Ya Allah, in front of your home. Ya Allah, I've been doing this much salah, uh, Ya Allah, I've been doing this much, uh, reciting this much tahleel and this much praise of you and hamd of you. And so we do all of these things in the days and weeks leading up and when we go there, we present it to Allah Ta'ala. You could be a khatmul Qur'an, whatever it may be. You know, we go to the Prophet Sallallahu grave and then we say, Ya Rasulullah, I've been, you know, reciting all, this, we don't have to say this, this is a mindset that we have. That as a gift I'm offering to when I visit the Prophet Sallallahu there's no better gift than for instance reciting salawat abundantly leading up to it. Again, because this is how we express love, not only to people in this world, right, but even to the Prophet Sallallahu and to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq to, um, to, to benefit uh, from the opportunities uh, that exist in the Haramain. May Allah ta'ala allow us to have a deep love for this space and allow us to manifest our love to him and to the Prophet sallallahu if and when we ever go. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgive us for our mistakes and our sins and allow us uh, all to, um, to visit the Haramain. Wa akhira da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.